active learning approach to leadership. I see a lot of people have an exercise here or there, but not an integrated comprehensive progression like we do in any other field of acting or sports or things like that. Are you familiar with Henry Mintzberg? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've spoken to him several times, and, and I think he's totally in sync with you on this issue of, I'll teach you how to be a manager. I'll teach you how to write spreadsheets. I'll teach you how to develop plans. I'll teach you how to develop PowerPoint programs. I'll teach you all of sort of the blocking and tackling mm -hmm. of being a manager. But in order to be a leader, you, ha you have to practice. You have to lead. You, mm -hmm. you have to get out there and fail and learn from your mistakes and you know develop those calluses and those scraped knees and stuff like that. You have to, uh, you have to get through it. Yeah, you have to face and overcome. You know, if you want to be an engineer, you have to solve hard problems. If you want to sell, you've got to solve some challenging things. If you want to lead, you have to face and overcome social and emotional challenges. What school gave me was intellectual challenges. That's important. But no great leader is great solely because they're intellectually, and a lot of leaders dropped out of high school, dropped out of college. I mean, some of the best people today dropped out of college, yeah. dropped out of high school. So the intellectual stuff is, I'm not saying it's not valuable, but the social and emotional skills, those are the big ones that differentiate leaders. And you can't lecture self-awareness into someone. You can't lecture emotional awareness or emotional skills into someone. You can't get that from reading books. Reading books is very comfortable. You sit there, you're sitting in a comfortable chair. Which is you in the book. <laughs> yeah, and you think to yourself, I know what I'll do. Yeah. And then when the adrenaline comes up, that's gone. Even if it's not adrenaline, even if it's a comfortable situation, it's still challenging. It's tough to motivate people. I would argue that we're even one step removed from the book these days where you just get out your iPhone and you do a Google search on something and you have the illusion of expertise. You have the illusion of knowledge. You have no context and you lack the capability to... Uh, apply or act or interact. Yeah, there's so much stuff that's out there that's like very entertaining. I mean, TED Talks are really entertaining. You know, if you watch a movie, it, it makes you laugh or cry. Mm -hmm. Usually, a TED Talk makes you feel intrigued or fascinated. But I've asked a lot of people, like, you feel inspired? And they say, yes. How has it changed your behavior? Mm -hmm. Very rarely does anyone say it's changed your behavior. One person said, oh, it got me to buy the book. I said, did you read it? And they're like, I'm about to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Reading, you know, it's not worthless, but it's not the same. Reading about weightlifting doesn't make you strong. Well, let's talk about that for a second. In your bio, we, we sort of talked about the Renaissance guy that you are, you know, both from academically and sciences and athletically and creatively and whatnot. What can people who are interested in leadership development take away from or learn from these other pursuits or these other avenues? In the field of leadership, there's a lot of people who provide services like improvisation for leaders or orchestral conducting for oh, leaders. Sure. and they're valuable. It's valuable to know improv to be a leader. The thing is, what happens if you take improv and it teaches you to be more improvisational and more free and stuff? Say it goes really well. What do you do next? Do you do more improv? Like improv takes you toward Saturday Night Live. That's great. But a lot of us, we're leading for a reason. We have our passions. We want to act on them. We don't necessarily want to go on Saturday Night Live. I think what makes them so valuable is that they are active experiential experiences. So you can get a lot from these other things, like to learn improv, to learn to play an instrument is useful because it gets you doing things. Any experiential thing is going to get you some social, emotional challenge. One of the big things that I realized as I developed my teaching was that we don't have to get the exercises from outside of leadership. Leadership is a rich, complex field. And so the exercises that I put in my book, 
I don't take them from jazz. I don't take them from dance. I take them from leadership. And so after you learn mine, you can keep doing these exercises. And, you know, I think of them kind of like cardiovascular exercises in sports. They're useful for the beginner. They're useful for everyone or balance in sports or playing scales. Or, you know, if you watch the NBA finals just before they play, even LeBron James practices his jump shot. It doesn't matter how good you are. It's useful to do some layups. It's useful to stretch. And so I created exercises. I took exercises from the practice of leadership. So I guess you, you had asked, what do we get from these other things? Mm-hmm. We get a lot of things that are useful for leadership. It's just I find that we can also get it just straight from leadership. I, I don't disagree with you. I think the point you make there is that, for instance, talking about the jump shot or whatever, I, while you were talking, I was thinking about another conversation we had, a book I read, and I think it was called Snowboarding with Einstein. The gentleman was writing about memory. Mm-hmm. and memory.